0: are now listening to the West Side of Thaafterparty.com. Hey everybody, this is Perky of Perky Perspectives Radio Show. I want you to tune in with me every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. I'm be talking about ownership, black wealth, mental health, traveling, and of course creativity. So reach out to me. I'm here to uplift you, and I'm repping for the West Side of the African radio show hey everybody this is perky or perky perspectives this is my second show so i'm super excited you know (sighs) starting something new is always like a a warm and fuzzy journey but it's scary at the same time but i want to introduce myself again this is perky of the perky perspectives radio show coming to you live from the west side of the after-party radio show, right? And you can watch me live on Facebook right now. We streaming. Hey. And I'm also on Periscope under Perky Perspectives. So check me out on that as well. And for people who missed my first show, you can always watch it on my podcast platform. It's under the same name, Perky Perspectives. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, ICN.DJ. That's where I got my start. I'm going to talk about that. Um, We're going to be – well, I'm on Spotify, and we're gonna be on Pandora real soon. So, making big moves, doing some dope stuff, you know? So, I'm really excited for everything, but like I said, so if you missed the first episode, you can go check it out, it was my first one. I had somebody on there with me, and I was able to like dish back and forth about finances, about, you know, black stuff, you know? We talked about some black stuff. (laughs) And we talked about the world and just how it all affects us and plays in together. So, for people who did not see that show, I'm going to just give a little bit more background on myself. Well, before I do that, go follow me on Instagram at PerkySexyCool, okay? Follow me, follow me, follow me. Um, But, yeah, so I've been doing podcasting since 2017. So, it's not like something I just started yesterday. You know, I have a little bit of time in, you know, and I've been really owning on my craft. Like, I've been going and I do MC gigs you know I'll host I'll do poetry I'll also host my own meetups and things like that so even outside of just recording I was still always talking that's just me if you know me since I was little blah 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 (laughs) that's like that's my thing I like to talk so I'm like why not have a podcast why not have a radio show right and you know it's funny because you walk into your destiny and I know some people, well, some people stumble. Let's get it straight. You know, some people, they didn't even know where, which way they was going. And then they look up one day and they're doing what they love. And they're like, wow, this was amazing. How did I get here? But for me, I feel like I walked into my destiny. And what I mean by that is I was talking about it. I was talking about what I really wanted to do. I was expressing it. I was getting my mind together. And so even from 2015, I was like, I want to have a podcast. And that was before they was super popular. Like that was before two dope, dope queens got put on HBO, and on the Apollo, they was on the at the Apollo with Oprah. I was like, dang, that's goals. Like we getting on the subway, and you could see they big old poster plastered. Then right after that, you know, the Joe Budden podcast. Is like in Times Square on all the little big screens and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, so podcasting is really the move. So I really wanted to make sure I was able to give it energy, but I'd be moving around. So the way I got it together was one, I started talking to people, and people was telling me, yeah, let's get a show, let's do this and that. But then they were trying to tell me what I had permission to talk about. And I'm not really full that. <laughs> <laughs> i think ownership is key you know you need to own your stuff you need to be the one in control of it and by having ownership you got to own up to the things that you made mistakes on too but at least your triumphs you know are because of your work ethic and don't get it wrong you're gonna have a team and you're gonna have people that's gonna help you make your dream come true but as far as like just having control of your material that's key so I did not do anything with them. And that's why it took me a whole nother like year and a half in order to like really get it together. And so what happened was I was actually in New York. This is when I was still living out there. And I was with my friend D her, Oh, her Instagram is at Heidi, the X, and then D so it's H I D E E X D E E. And she's a dope photographer, so go check her out. She's based in New York, but she passed poor ready. We just came back from London, so she passed poor ready. And you can always send for her and she does like really dope photography. But anyways, we was I was together with her and we were at well, we wasn't dating. <coughs> But I was with her, and we were at this club listening to one of her DJ friends, Ella Hustle. And while she was DJing, I just started talking like what I do and I was speaking to somebody and it was like oh what do you do like what do you want to do or whatever and I was like yeah I do social work but I want to have my own podcast and I was like I've been thinking about it for a really long time they asked me what I wanted to have my podcast on and I was like I want to do it about feminine hygiene and giving women the platform to talk about you know the things that we go through as women and our health and you know just how to keep everything together and so he was like oh I have a podcast network. I can help you do this. And I was like, oh, look at me walking into my destiny thing. (laughs) And so then I started recording. I started recording, what, like four brownstones up from where Biggie used to live. And I was like, "Mm, okay, like the signs is just everywhere. Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And so I started recording then I actually sat on what I was, what I had recorded for like two, three months. Like I recorded in October or November and then I didn't put it out until January. So I was like nervous. I was like, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know how to do it. But then you just put it out there and it just stuff started happening. And it's not like the hugest podcast out there it's not too dope queens but like you have to put consistency into what you're doing you have to believe in it you have to talk about it like you really do you have to talk about it because if you don't advertise for yourself who else is going to do it so I talked to everybody about it people wanted me to do interviews with them all the time and then I started to see my worth I'm like okay I'm actually good at this so let me like slow down and like get some structure around this because people will bleed you dry People will say, oh, yes, I want to interview. Oh, yes, I would love for you to do something live at my event. But then you edit it and you do all this stuff to make it the amazing thing that it is, and then they don't want to pay you. So it's like you got to set your standards. So that's what I started working on, being able to set that structure up because it's like you have a talent, but don't let them bleed you. You don't want to be like Van Gogh and not really reap the benefits of your art until after you die. Like, he cut off his ear. He was going through mental health stuff, and nobody was there for him. Today's topic is mental health, by the way. But um, so, yes, yeah, so I started to see my worth, started to clean it up, get it more together. And, like, honestly, I'm glad that I joined the network. Once again, it's ICN.DJ, and that's the Indie Creative Network. And I've been rocking with them. Even from such a far distance, like, they still – you know, make sure that we get getting taken care of. That's why I'm about to be on Pandora real soon. So things are still moving and shaking, everybody. So I say all that to say that if you have any music, you have any art, you have a book or anything like that, a talent that you want to put on a platform, feel free to reach out to me because you can always call in. And the number is 213-270-1969. So you can call in, we can chat, and, like, you can really – you know, dish on your talent. Like, let me uplift you. Let me help you to push out there because, like I said, you have to talk about it. You have to be the one that advertised for yourself, right? And so now I'm in California and I'm with the After Party Radio Show on the west side, right? We doing it, woop! <laughs> and so, again, if you do Okay, so if you do want to have something on the show, but you don't want to call in, maybe you shy, and maybe that's why you write books, and you want me to just read an excerpt or something out of your book, you know, you can email me at perkyperspectivespod at com, and that's P O D at com, and then we can chit-chat from there, and then you'll be on my platform and you'll be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and all these different places and on the after party radio show network as well. So we moving. Okay. But like I said, today's topic is mental health. So how do we start with this? I feel like, I feel like we trying to work on mental health. Okay, I guess I could, let me tell you my background on why I can talk about this. <laughs> I don't feel like everybody, like, people can speak on it, but I feel like there's there's limits to how somebody should speak on it. Like, I don't think, I don't really appreciate when people like to label others quickly and be like, oh, they bipolar. Like, first of all, do you even know the criteria for being bipolar? Like, don't just be labeling people under that, and then that carries with them. You know, don't do that to them. So, I'm a social worker. I actually am a mental health therapist right now. I'm getting my hours to be a licensed social worker in California, Um, a licensed clinical social worker, actually. And I'm already licensed in New York, just not clinical. So I actively work in the community with people who have mental health concerns and things that they're going through and all that. And so I really think that, starting this journey and talking to people and engaging people I want to make sure that we talk about mental health because it bleeds into everything else that we do if you don't have a sound mindset if you don't have everything I mean nothing is going to be fully in order you know there's always going to be something that's out of your control that's going to pop up and affect the the path that you was going on but you have to stay true and you know even if it turned a little bit left or a little bit right or whatever because I went right and I said left but if it go a little right, <laughs> then, like, you might have to, like, switch up some stuff in order to still go towards your end goal. And that's fine. It takes a lot of reflection. It takes a lot of work. And so, yes, I wanted to talk about mental health. And so putting energy into your mental health is really necessary and key to your success and happiness. Like, there's reasons, like, speaking specifically on melanated people. Because, you know, that's what we hear here to dish about. How, like, our brown folk are really being oppressed, ostracized, how, like, some of our opportunities are limited, or not really limited, but blocked, I would say, from certain points to where we have to, like, do extra stuff just to get back on the same page. So I feel like a lot of it has to do with our mental health. And some of it is obviously from the outside. You know, you got propaganda. You have the isolation. You have the torment and the triggers and the pro. Uh, the provo prov o provoca <laughs> I can't say the word the provoking that comes from like the law enforcement people and the supervisor and all these people that think they have a say on your life so it is like a lot of outside forces that come in to our environments that try to demobilize us but it's really important for us to be strong and be a community. If we don't build each other up, then when we go out into the world and we try to create business and we try to, you know, be successes, it's usually, like, our people around us and and closest to us that push us away and make us feel the worst for doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I think some of that has to do with how we treat our elders. So I was going to start with youth when I was writing this. And I was like, you know, we always talk about how the little kids, you know, they, they get yelled at by their parents and they get spankings and all those things. And that's important. I'm going to touch on that, too. But what about with our elders? You know, they end up getting put in senior centers in homes or, you know, they just left to be whatever, like left to just be isolated and be in their home, just sitting there with nobody to talk to, nobody visiting them, nobody like getting those, that crucial history. If we don't connect back to our elders and we don't see what they did and what their parents did and what their parents' parents did, how are we going to, like, fulfill our legacies? Because I know there's been times when you guys, like, reflected back on, or no, not even reflected. you looking at your life and you like, oh, look, I'm, like, the best mechanic now. You know, I can build anything from scratch. I'm about to be the the most amazing mechanic, but you still build in. You know, you still got to get the seed money, but you you owned it on your craft. And then you start talking to an aunt, and they're like, oh, you know your grandpa Bobby used to uh, work on cars? And he like... I have an ancestor that used to do the same thing that I love doing and it's like brand new news to to you but it's like why wasn't that connection made from the jump like why weren't we teaching the kids the same things that our elders already knew like why are we starting over and over and over again every generation that doesn't make sense and I think that comes down to communication like we don't have good communication within our households and then it bleeds out into the way we react to the world if you don't communicate with your parents and you don't learn how to speak properly to each other you don't know how to express love and anger and joy sadness all these things properly but everything got to be like you you know like for instance you see your friend and they trying to drink a lot of water and you like man you always drinking water like what (laughs) why is that an issue? (laughs) Like, like, are you jealous? You don't drink enough water? Like, go get a water bottle. Like, instead of, like, expressing yourself in these ways, like, communicate. Like, we gotta learn how to communicate better. Like, it's so ridiculous the, the ways that we talk to each other sometimes. Like, it's unhealthy. And then we go out into the world and we don't have any emotional maturity. So, we just bumping into people, hurting people, and being destructive all over the place. And, it just crumbles. Like, if you're trying to build a business and you feel like, you don't have any family, any friends that you could really express to, any outlets for your emotions, healthy outlets for your emotions. And if nobody's really checking in on you to see if you mentally um, sound, you know, you have good mental health, then it starts to crack. And sometimes that could be what makes somebody, you know, go towards major depression and maybe like something happens and maybe people start doing drugs and then it induces schizophrenia or something like that. And then they go into homeless and then it's just like this snowball effect. And so I really think we need to catch each other like on the different levels. We need to catch our elders. We need to catch our youth. We need to really love on each other and, and ourselves. So you also need to be doing affirmations. You need to put out into the world what you want to see, what you love about yourself, what you want to work on, what you want to build on and all of those things like it it has to be a step up game even within yourself, you know, and by you loving on yourself more then you're going to recognize the things that's beautiful about other people too because you're going gonna to be talking to yourself. And you're going to be like, oh, I look good this morning. I'm going to attract all the people that I want to attract. People are going to be looking at me for the right reasons because I matched my shirt to my shoes and my earrings is looking fly today. Well, I went and got a haircut, so can't nobody tell me nothing. So if somebody's staring at you at the grocery store, instead of you being like, Oh, why they staring at me? You be like, hey, girl, how you doing? Oh, I like your shirt. You looking good, too. Yeah, we both wearing orange today. And then they going to be smelling too. So it's gonna like push off into other places. It might go within your family, you know. And then by you having more, <clears throat> more of a supportive rapport with your family, like you're gonna not, you're gonna feel secure to do a business. You're gonna feel secure to ask for a favor or to ask to speak to somebody and really express a dish and, and do all that because this energy is the currency that we put in, out into the world and it's like our vibrations and we have to be up here, right? Not all the way down here. So. That's, like, part of my little spill for mental health. That's where I think we should grasp onto our elders. But obviously, you know, there should be different ways that we deal with our families and our kids and our even our parents. Like, if you a teenager, now teenagers, I know y'all have a lot of hormones and stuff that's working through. I know you like Timmy or Sally or Bobby and Ricky. I don't know who you like. Everybody like everybody nowadays, and that's fine. But... You cannot talk to people any old type of way. You know, remember your manners. Remember how you was raised. You know, really express, like, work on it. Like, it's okay to be confused. Like, tell your mom, like, I don't know, I'm mad at you, but, like, I'm glad that you came in the room and checked on me. Like, <laughs> like rather than just being like, get out and close the door or slam it or whatever, like, just, just tell them what you're feeling. Like, it will make you feel better. Trust me. Like, it's really hard. Like, I'm one of those people. I'm a selective mute. If I get really upset, I'll just be quiet. I'll be answering you in my head. You'll be like, well, what's wrong with you? I'm mad that you said this, this, and that, and da 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 da." And in my head, or outside, I'm just like, "Mm mm-hmm, like I can't say nothing. And I have to really force myself to push the words out because then they have a chance to respond to it. They have a a chance to try to make it better or say they sighed or whatever. And even if they sighed, rubs me even more wrong. At least I know how they felt you know rather than me making up my own stories cuz i know you had these crazy fantasies just like me to where you like oh they probably did it because of this 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 and that and then come to find out they just forgot cuz they overslept or whatever the case like you got to allow for people to express as well right so that's for teenagers that's for adults that's for everybody take that lesson and of course for your kids let your kids have fun, let them run around, let them yell a little bit, like obviously have some rules in place, like at this time you guys got to calm down, or you only get to yell when you, you know, outside or whatever, like obviously have some type of ways of communicating, but, you know, just let them be little kids, because we get older and we have so many rules and things that are putting us into boxes and telling us what we can and cannot do, and that's not fair to do that to your kid before they even are adults and have real responsibilities. Like, let them enjoy life. Let them see colors and see animals and be excited when their little brother come into the room and, like, be trying to do flips and all this weird stuff that they – little kids is weird. <laughs> little kids are weird. They see the joy in everything, though, no, but they weirdos. But let them be weird, you know, because you get older, and I'm sure there's times you want to just burst out into a scream when you're in your office. But you can't because you're like, I'm an adult. I'm not supposed to just be screaming out loud like that. But if you could just let one out, just one loud one, (laughs) I know it will make you feel better. So let your little kid do that. Let them enjoy it and see how it feels before, you know, they have to have some more rules and stuff in their life. And then show them what business is like. Show them what independence and being responsible is so that they do have that space to still express because that's important. So for resources, because I am a social worker, so I'm going to give you a few. Um, There's some Black resources that you guys could tap into. One is eachmindmatters.org. They have like this huge resource center on the online platform, and it has like um, like readings that you can do on different ways to deal with mental health. There's therapists you could tap into, places that you can go. So definitely go and look into that. There's also a website called Black Therapist Rock. Dot com, So that's Black Therapist with an S at the end and then rock.com. And they have a therapist directory. So hopefully they have somebody in your city. And I know at the bare minimum, there's like a lot of applications that you could tap into that also have ways that you can find a therapist. So if you kind of maybe you have agoraphobia, so you're scared to leave your house and maybe you don't wanna go see a therapist, then you might wanna do something over the phone or something like that. And definitely if you need the suicide hotline, look that up, like there's numbers for that. Don't feel like you are alone. There's definitely ways that you can express on different levels, okay? So those are a few resources, but hopefully they get you to where you need to be. But know that it's okay, black people. We can have good mental health, okay? And now I wanna walk into the For Us segment and give you the black fact of the day.
1: Perspectives. Are you tired of working nine to five? Tired of making money for someone else? Feel like you went to school for how many years and only have debt to show for it? Ready to just run away to some island and call it quits? Come talk to me. We trying to rebuild Black Wall Street. This is for us, but-
0: So today's black fact of the day is going to be George Washington Murray. So his birthday was September 22nd, 1853, and he was born in Sumter County, South Carolina. So I decided to pick somebody that was born a long time ago. Well, it feels like a long time ago, but to other people, <laughs> what is like the generation before my grandma? Mate? yeah, Yeah, basically. So it's only like three generations removed from me. So it's actually not that long ago time go by like that. Shoot, spent 10 years since I've been out of high school. Anyways, so the black fact of the day is George Washington Murray. He was born in 1853 on today, and he was a phenomenal person. He was a landowner, a congressman, an inventor, a lecturer, and a writer. He was born to parents that were wrongfully enslaved, and he also was enslaved himself until the age of 13, he self-taught himself how to read and write, and at 18, he decided to attend a nearby school, and he was so smart that they asked him to be a teacher. It's like, how am I going to go to school so I can learn, and y'all want me to teach everybody else? <laughs> so he was probably feeling a little stunted, so not too long after that, in 1874, <clears throat> he attended the University of South Carolina. And this was while the Reconstruction Era was happening. So, although it, at one point was an all-white school, they had opened it up for a little bit to allow for melanated folks to come. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Reconstruction, or the, I mean the Reconstruction Era. But it followed the enslavement period, and basically, like we had about I think it was I want to say 16% African Americans in politics. We had a vast majority of businessmen business women we had people going to school and this was like both males and females like they was doing really big things having ownership property ownership building cities they started dressing to the nines all dapper down and like super classy doing their own thing like minding a business, you know what I mean? Like, they was just like, okay, like, we did the enslavement thing, we was able to get out, and now we want to do our own thing. We don't need to be by y'all. And the only ways that we, you know, we had to intermingle, because during that time we weren't creating schools and stuff like that because we was enslaved, or we was trying to escape up to Canada or somewhere else, you know? So when we wanted to attend school, we had to attend their schools. So they opened it up for a little bit during the Reconstruction era, and he was even awarded a state scholarship, but he wasn't able to finish after his sophomore year because segregation began. And that's what I'm talking about. Like We finally get stuff popping and then they want to cut us off again and then be like, y'all was moving. How y'all become successful so fast? No, 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 no. We're going to make y'all some sort of like, you know, impoverished. And, and they found different ways to enslave people. They did that indentured slave type thing to. Well, is that the thing? No, sharecropping. That's what I was trying to talk about, where they basically said they own half your land and you have to pay for stuff. Look at up. reconstruction. That was a dope time. But like immediately after, like stuff went so far down, like as far as just the, the energy in the air. So he had to, you know, remove himself from school only after his second year. And so he spent a little bit of time there, but decided that he wanted to still do the school teaching thing. After he did the school teacher thing, he became a chairman at the Sumter County Republican Committee, and he was a customs inspector for the Port of Charleston, which which was a position appointed by the President of the United States, Benjamin Harrison at the time. So he was making moves. Then in 1892, George Murray was elected as the United States Congressman, representing the state of South Carolina. In this position he frequently spoke from the floor of the House, describing the plight of our citizens, us Melanated folk, and imploring his fellow congressmen to protect those civil rights or sorry, citizens' rights. One topic that Murray spoke openly about was the plight of the black inventor, because as you know, he was also into inventions. And in that day and age, most whites were unaware of how many blacks had enjoyed inventing useful devices. And even though they were benefiting off of them, they didn't like to give them the credit or really like push, you know, who the people behind the inventions were up to a higher level. So he got to really talk about that in his congressional position. And while serving in his second term, he secured patents for eight inventions, including cultivating and fertilizing equipment and a cotton chopper. So, he was doing a lot of stuff. After serving two terms in Congress, Murray became a real estate speculator and moved to Chicago in 1905. And then, about 20 years later, he died in April and was buried in Illinois. Illinois. I don't know why I pronounced the S like that. Um, So, anyway, so he did a lot of things. So, now you know of another George Washington. We got George Washington Carver, and we got George Washington Murray. So, Happy belated birthday to him. Well, not belated. I guess today is the day, but he passed away. So, happy birthday. <laughs> Rest in peace. Thank you for your inventions. And so, I want to move now to the news segment. It's been a lot of stuff going on, y'all. It's all I keep seeing on my internet browser is Takashi Six snitching on everybody. And I'm glad I went and I listened to the audio because initially my response to him snitching was going to be so different. (laughs) At first I was talking to my friend, and I'm like, I'm tired of the culture always saying that people can't snitch. Like, not saying that I think it's okay to snitch, but just saying, like, I don't think I would be okay with going to jail for 40-plus years for something I didn't do. So I'm not saying I'm going to snitch on everybody, but I might be like, you know, look in this direction, (laughs) but I listened to his audio, and he told on everybody, he had the street names, he had the block, the color the person was wearing the day that they did it, he had, shoot, he was talking about, um, what's the guy named Shoddy? and he was saying, oh, he used to come and order peanuts. And some sort of sandwich with a a little Arizona or something. I was like, dang, he remembered a man, Mew? Like, why he putting putting all the business out there? And then nobody asked you to do all that, Takashi. Like, so I didn't really understand that. So then I'm listening. I'm just like, he pointed fingers. He like, oh, yeah, the guy in the gray. Yep, right there. No, 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 move aside, sir. Yes, him right there. That's the person I'm talking about. Nobody asked you to do all that either. And then you find out that it didn't take him no time to agree to snitch. He did it the next day after they got arrested. I like, you didn't even sit on it. It was like he was already ready. Like, that made me think that they was already talking to him before he got caught up. Because, you know, like, I be watching a lot of them little crime shows. So, this is what I think is what happened. So, they was calling him all the time. And they was just like, where the drop going to be? What's this? What's that? Like, it was probably like an undercover cop, like, acting like he was a dirty guy, you know. And, like, got Takashi to, like, participate in all this stuff. And then basically caught him up and was like, we've been watching you for X amount of time. So, you better tell us everything you know. Because I already been talking to you. And he was like, he slept on it and was like, all right, I'll do that. Because it was the next day. Like, you didn't even really think about it. Like, you must have had a lot of dreams about all the rapes that you was going to experience in jail or something. Like, you know, I don't know what happened. But... Yeah. (laughs) Like, that has to have been it. Like, I I, I wouldn't want to go to jail for that long either. But he did it. Like, he also was saying all the stuff that he did. He was, like, racketeering and uh, selling drugs and doing... He... They broke down the lyrics in his song, and he was like, oh, yeah, um, what a blicky mean a gun, this mean that, and, oh, we throw, it, we, we throw up the sign like this, and then they drew it out. So I'm sorry, but everybody in Treyway, it seemed like y'all about to go down with him. So I think this go back to we can't just let everybody up in our culture, in our stuff. Like, although I do not uplift gangs, don't get me wrong. I wish it was like how it was originally where we were around just to protect our neighborhoods and not actually killing the people in our neighborhoods. That don't make sense to me. Like a lot of hoods be like around the corner from the other one. So it's like that's really your family. Like how many people, family members live in like the same area, but like up the street, down the block or whatever. Like that's your family but anyways, so, I really think that, like, gangs are not the best situation anyways, but why are you letting these outsiders in? Because you making money, like, you can't uplift somebody in your community and y'all make money, you can't do something yourself, and then when somebody is disloyal, whatever that means, like, if you're not from my community, how are you going to be loyal to me? But you let somebody in, and then they become disloyal, and now you hurt, because they're pointing fingers. That doesn't make sense. Like, think about stuff, like, don't let money be the thing that's ruling your decisions. Like, put your big girl panties on. Put your big boy drawers on. And make some wiser decisions. Like, So, yeah, that was him. Like, I feel sorry for anybody that was identified. Anybody that was in relation to him. Because, ooh, I hope you're already in Russia. Because <laughs> this, this is not your fight. It's already over. I don't know who won, but it was not you. So... Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Azalea Banks, like she's been going off a lot in the media as well and I read a few articles and they were saying how like she knows about her mental health and she's tried psychotropic medications and they just haven't really done well for her and I just want to say that like this is another opportunity for our community to like send help, like if you know her, you grew up in a neighborhood with her my God, find her like some some outlets like help her like be a good support because Twitter is not it she is burning so many bridges and that's like a thing that happens with people that go through mental health issues that, you know, have to take medications and things like that. Their behaviors when they off their meds and sometimes even their behaviors when they on different meds. Cause like she said, you have to try a whole bunch of different medications sometimes until you find the right one and the right dosage. Sometimes they be going through it and they say things and they ostracize themselves to the point to where nobody really want to me- mess with them like that. But like, that's when they need everybody the most. So not making any excuses for her behavior. I definitely think that she needs to be more of an adult and stop talking about everybody just because that that's what gets her attention. Like, do your music. Like, you're really amazing at music. Focus in on that. Let that be your expression. Keep going to therapy. Keep trying. Try some natural ways. You don't have to be killing chickens in your closet. You know, you could do something different. It could be more healthy. So I just want to uplift her uh, I'm going to like shout out one of her songs later cuz I'm going to do a few shout outs to songs that have to do with mental health. So, I'm going to shout out some of her songs and I want y'all to like really hear like cuz people be screaming for help. Like, I want people to start paying attention to to these signs. Like, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna have a whole bunch of different episodes on mental health. They're just gonna be on different topics. Like, we're gonna do one about relationships, because, you know, the after party, we got the Black Man Don't Cheat event coming up in November. So, I'm gonna dish about all the cheating and relationships traumas and stuff that happen when you're trying to align yourself with somebody else so we're gonna talk about that too because that can really damage your mental health too um we're gonna talk about how financial disparity and poverty and things like that can aid or well not aid can um affect your mental health as well so yeah so shout out to Azalea banks hope you start to get the help that you need sis and stop talking about everybody Okay, <laughs> And so now I want to move into the love period Part of the episode Niggas
1: always think shit is about them.
0: Love period, so love period. Love
1: <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I hate that people don't Respect personal space, personal space. Like, It's mainly niggas Let me just be real Niggas is the most frustrating shit And you be on, when your, be your, be on your period, period Everything about them, them a little shit can bother me too like if I'm on my period and I'm already not in the mood and I go outside and mosquito bite me then mosquitoes gonna be fucking with me too like I'm not gonna fuck with nobody that day
0: Okay. Hey, everybody. So love period. So once again, when I very first started doing podcasting, I started doing the love period podcast. And that's about feminine hygiene about our health, what's going on in regards to like what we have access to how to stay healthy you know, anything that's news related to that part of our lives, ladies, right? And, man, you could listen, too, because you're going to have mothers, sisters, aunties, you know, daughters and things like that, coworkers, whatever, that are going to be going through some things and could really benefit from the information. So definitely listen in. It's not going to be gross. (laughs) I'm just talking about stuff that affects everybody, right? Um, So a group of University of Alberta students, They are developing an environmentally friendly menstrual product, and it's going to be made entirely out of hemp. So sidebar, anybody that's looking to get into an ever-growing industry, look into the marijuana and hemp industry because you can make anything out of hemp. Like I have my fanny pack is made out of hemp. So definitely look at the different options. But so these students, they decided to make a period product out of hemp, right? Right. So Alberta is the second largest producer of hemp, but much of it goes unused, according to Nicole Sanchez. So mind you, shout out to theglobalnews.ca. This is where I'm getting this information. And so most of the hemp products, they go unused because I guess the way that they make everything, it's a lot of stuff that's labeled as being use, usable, and then some stuff are that, that they say are disposable. And it'll just be put out into the earth and you know, biodegrade back into the earth. But these students are saying, why don't we use every part of the hemp? And so they decided to take the excess hemp material and create this product called Hemp Pact, which is a single use and disposable menstrual pad made out of hemp fiber and is sandwiched between bioplastic. They were saying how women, we go through our periods for about 38 years, which is, It varies for different people. Some people have early menopause. Some people have it a little bit later. But on average, it's about 38 years, right? And the type of products that they make for us, they don't biodegrade very well. And if you add up, like, so on average, well, technically, they say women are supposed to have their period every 28 Days, right? So that means basically once a month, a lady is going through this time of her life and she's using these things that don't biodegrade, so that ends up having 300 pounds of waste per person which can take between 800 to 1,000 years to biodegrade. So this is why I'm saying it affects everybody, because if we're putting out all these things into the earth that's not able to break down, it's causing waste, and it's causing for things to be emitted into our atmospheres, into our soils, into our food, that we don't really want to be consuming, right? So they was like, why don't we make a product that will biodegrade back into the earth after we use it for the natural ways that we're using it, which is our menstruation, and so they did that. They're still working on it. They're still testing it. But they expect for it to be released in early 2020. So my thoughts on that is that it's amazing. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's really hard to find products that are fully natural for you. Like, I started to learn while I started going on this love period journey that a lot of women, um, get they experience fibroids. They experience heavy like really heavy and painful periods and period cramps a lot of women have to take work off and they have to you know be stuck in bed for a really long time like five days sometimes women have it for a little bit longer than five days and they just bed bedridden. and can you imagine every month being stuck in your bed for almost a week like That doesn't make sense and then you find out that the reason why some of these women are dealing with this is because they're putting chemicals in our pads that make you have longer periods, that make you have heavier periods so that you have to buy more product. Like When you really start to realize that this country is built off of capitalism which means that everything that like it's popular, it's based off of how many dollars they can make off of it, then you're going to be like, man, I'm not about to just put my money towards something that's going to give me cancer or something like that later on down the line just to make Always or whatever other popular products out there some extra dollars because you see that they have a lot of lawsuits. So Hemp Pact is going to be a really good move. Now, I don't really know what bioplastic is. I definitely want to look that up. I feel like I've seen it a few times and I want to know in what way they're using it. So I definitely would like to see it. I would like to read their studies and see how people reacted to it because there's, um, uh, I think it's Sister Afua, is her name, but I don't want to quote her incorrectly. She says that we're only supposed to have a period for like a day, sometimes three days. So what a vast difference. Like they say you're supposed to have it from three to five days. What if you only had your period for a day? And what if it was just as simple as you changing your pad? I would do it. (laughs) So, I mean, I only have mine every three months, so I'm different from y'all anyways. But I definitely would like to have that one every three months only be a day. (laughs) Like, shoot, make it two hours. I'm good. (laughs) I have stuff to do anyways. I like these underwears. Like, I hate when stuff just start out of nowhere And then you ruin your favorite panties Like, I thought I had a date tonight But, um (laughs) But anyway, so shout out to the students At, uh, what was the name of the school? Alberta, the University of Alberta So now We're gonna step into the last segment Which is the Golden Keys segment
1: (laughs) We beat a what he needs
0: a what he needs what he needs a we what he Okay, so today's Golden Key is going to be talking about debt repayment. I figure, like, we talked about a lot of ways to make passive income on the first episode, and I think that's really amazing to know the different ways that you can make money. But I feel like mm, starting off with debt repayment might be a good push because a lot of us, we feel stunted, by the things that we are paying our money to every month and we're feeling overloaded and like, we're never going to like climb out of the, the mistakes we made in our early twenties and, or like in cases of emergency and all those things. So it's like, don't feel stuck. There's a lot of ways to get out of your debt. And when you put your focus and your mental, like put this in your affirmations, I will pay off my debt and be specific. I'll pay off my credit card first. I'm going to pay off my car next. I'm going to pay off my house. I'm going to pay off my student loans after that. Like be be specific with what you want so that you could be goal-driven and you could be focused, right? So the thing that I think would be a good method to use, and this is gonna, could be just the first one. It doesn't have to be the one that you guys stick to. This this can also be, you know, just the way you find different ways of handling everything. But go ahead and check out the Dave, Dave Ramsey website is DaveRamsey.com and it's called the debt snowball so basically what you do is you list your debts from smallest to largest and regardless of the interest rate you just want to put them on a the list just see what you actually have that's one thing like see what you're paying for every month so start with your debts like the things that can't be paid for right away but then also on the side list everything that you're paying for Netflix you know gas diapers for your for your baby groceries getting your hair done getting your nails done um, going to the barber shop, whatever it is, list everything, put the amount and put how often that you're doing it. Have your debts, put the amount and how much you are supposed to pay, like the minimum and stuff like that and how much is owed so that you can see everything. And then yeah, it's going to hurt because you're going to be like, dang, I pay for all this. Why I got Spotify, Hulu and Netflix? Why I got Amazon Prime and eBay? Like, I don't know what all you're paying for, but just being able to see everything, that's already going to help right there, right? And then you want to start take it take your smallest debt and see what your max is that you could pay on it like how much can you pay to that while taking care of your necessities because you might can cut off some of the things you're already paying for that you don't need you can eliminate some stuff right there because now you see everything and you like I don't need Netflix I don't need Hulu I don't need all this stuff like I don't need to get my nails done every week I can get it done you know one month And then go two months and just maintain it and then just get it. You know what I mean? Like there could be things that you could do to make it make sense. So go ahead and get that stuff together and take the smallest bill and start dumping on it and dump as much as you can without hurting yourself. Still try to pay yourself that 10 percent every month because you want to make sure that you have rainy day money Um, and then just start to eliminate that debt and still make the other payments on your other ones. Right. And then once you eliminate that debt because you've been dumping on it, if it's $300 or whatever amount that you were putting towards that one, take that same amount and put it towards the next smallest debt. And then you're dumping, say it's. Say it's your car note, and you pay $300 for your car note, and then you was just putting $300 towards the other debt. Now it's $600 that's going towards that every month, so you're going to pay that off quicker, and then do it with the next one. And you just going to keep doing that until you, like, snowball it. And if it's a bigger bill, like a, a house mortgage or something, there might be, like, some different ways that you attack it, but that's essentially the plan. Like, you could... You should be able to eliminate your debt between between two to three years. I got that from the Why I'm Broke book. (laughs) They told me that I was broke because no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So um, go ahead and try that. I'm actually actively working on it now. I have student debt. I moved out here from New York. I don't have a car, so I have like a slight car payment. So trust me, like I'm going through it with y'all. Like I just got my nails done after like four months of not getting my nails done. They were starting to look raggedy. Okay, so I have to do it. I have to do it, but I ain't gonna do it again for a minute. (laughs) I give myself a budget Like I got my hair cut You know this can go every two weeks Three weeks you know i 'm still cute so go ahead and make some not sacrifices but some adjustments that's what we're gonna call it because a sacrifice makes it feel like it's a loss but you might be trying to buy a business so it's like eliminate your debts and then once you eliminate that debt you know you have that amount of money that you can be putting into an investment account so that you can open up that business that you want to you could be putting money into a pot where you already were like maybe one of those debts that payment you just started to put it some of it like twenty percent or something into a pot so you could start a business like that's when you can get and have some fun with it so definitely be strategic but those are the golden keys for today okay the debt snowball so you can look that up and so I have a few minutes left, so I want to say thank you for everybody that joined in. Once again, like, I I didn't get any calls this time, but that's okay. Y'all getting used to me. Y'all want to know what I'm talking about. I talk a lot. Y'all can call. Like, trust me, like, (laughs) this stuff could be, I could do it in a podcast, like, midweek. You know, it don't all have to be on a Sunday. But you can always call at 213-270-1969, okay? And um, my Instagram is perkysexycool. My Twitter, which I have been neglecting, is Tony underscore Tony Tone. So that's T-O-N-I underscore T-O-N-Y-T-O-N-E. You can listen to a repeat of this episode on Spotify, Soon Come Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, ICN.DJ, and Radio Public. And very soon, because my website is under construction, Um So to... oh. And, duh, shout out to the After Party Radio Show. Like, <laughs> like, thank you for giving me this platform. Thank you for allowing me to dish to everybody. Go like they page on Facebook, Twitter, IG. It's the After Party. You know, like, they really, like, support. And like I said in November, they have the Black Man Don't Cheat show that's gonna be coming on so I'm gonna definitely have somebody on here to dish with me, I might have a few people and we're gonna be sitting around and we're gonna talk about how people be cheating and how people be lying and be like, I'm innocent, I ain't never done this before, I ain't mean to do that to you girl and da 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 da, want we heard it all before, so we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna talk about red flags and, and all that stuff so that we can get it together like we, the time that we waste in relationships that people cheating on us and we could have been doing other stuff <sighs> we're gonna talk about it but to get back onto the mental health, I just have a few songs that I want you guys to like be able to listen to and just see, like, wow, that song was about their mental health and not being able to express and like look at all the crazy things that they was going through, and maybe it would, one help you to identify things you're going through, but maybe help you to identify things that your friends and families are going to going through and helping them find an the outlet, because a lot of times just even being able to put your thoughts and stuff on to a record or draw it or create you know jewelry or something while you're going through something allows for you to express and make something so beautiful because it's what you were internalizing and now you're getting to like put it into something and craft it into something like that's really dope right so let's see Ghetto Boys, My Mind Is Playing Tricks On Me. I know y'all know that song. That was like one of my favorites growing up. And then I got older and I started listening to it. I was like, dang, he was punching the concrete. Like <laughs> um, Azalea Bank Soda. That was the song that she was talking about. She was really diving into her mental health. So check that out. Kid Cuddy Pursuit of Happiness. I know y'all remember that. That had us vibing and we was vibing to him talking about how he was suicidal. Like, listen to the words. Suicidal Thoughts by Biggie. Uh, Slipping by DMX and look at DMX's journey like he just signed another deal with who was he with Def Jam I believe so he just reunited no yeah don't let me lie but yes I believe that's the name of the (laughs) the group that he just reunited with and he's about to be making music again but he's been through a lot a lot so let's flip him um mad by Solange and I added this one bust your windows by jasmine sullivan i think that definitely should be on there because you know just because you're going through stuff ladies don't mean you can just destroy other people's property you know you could control your you could control your reaction your action sorry you could control your action but you cannot control their reaction so you could go bust somebody car windows but what they're gonna do back i don't know and then also you might go to jail so let's not do that But anyways, go vibe out to some good music. And thank you for joining me on the Perky Perspectives radio show. And shout out to the west side of the After Party radio show. And fiction. A little crazy, little sexy, little cool. Little rough around the edges, but I keep it smooth. I'm always.